0: Cables. So that's what I watch. PBS Bay Bay, right at the Arthur. <laughs> Did you guys ever see that hunt? You know what I mean. It's like, it's like there's deer. They're just, you know, whatever, eating grass, right? <laughs> whatever. They're just there, chilling, doing what, doing what deer do, and then, what happens when they hear like 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 a, a little branch break? They go, <gasps> right? Like the Mormons. No, I was kidding. <laughs> but like their ears go up, right? The ears go up and they look toward that cracking sound, right? Because they're alert. Am I correct? Are they alert or are they not alert? It says be alert and self-control, but be mainly be alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion. So 24/7, those deer in the wild, they're they're alert. And according to uh, Lily, their meat is uh, lean. (laughs) It's lean because they're always running. They're always working out. They're always doing cardio or something like that, right? But they're always doing that because why? Because they're always alert. Amen? But then again, we're stronger than deer. (laughs) Because deer usually get devoured. But we're not going to get devoured. Amen? (laughs) Amen. Resist him. Standing firm. (laughs) In the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. So we're not the only ones. In fact, other people are getting it worse than we are. And the God of all grace. Does that say the God of some grace? No. The the God of very little grace? It says the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while, a little while, put your hands like this and say, a little while, a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Why does he say, why does, why, does, why does Peter say just a little while? I can picture him saying a little while. You know what I mean? Because heaven, is it for a couple years? How long is it for? Forever, all eternity. So 80 years on this earth, if we're lucky at least, is just a little while. A little while. Okay, we're taking that a little out of control right there. 80 years is like a blink of an eye, man. How many years and heaven equals one day? I'm sorry, how many years on this earth equal one day in heaven? A thousand. Bam! That says it all, amen? To him be the power. To Jesus be the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Verse 12. With the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends her greetings. And so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Second uh, Peter chapter 1. It took like the whole summer to get through five chapters. Isn't that crazy? See, like we had an awesome summer, man. We, we kept on having events come up, some, uh, special guest speakers. And that's like, cool, man. That's fine with me, though. Second Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Simon Peter, a what? And a what? Of Jesus Christ. Okay, quick question before we go on. And I want volunteers. I want volunteers that are not leaders. Thank you, Adam. Who can help me? Who can tell me three things, three events or three things that happened to Peter uh, that Peter was involved in? Who can tell me three? Uh, 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 show of hands. Show of hands. Who can give me one at a time? One at a time. You know one? Okay, give me one. He denied Jesus three times. Okay. Lily knows. Okay, Lily. He walked on water. He walked on water. Anybody else? the guy's ear. Yes, he did. The soldier, when they went to go capture Jesus, what did he do? He tried to defend him. He went, I am shank your ear off." But then, what did Jesus do? He rebuked him. He said, "Put your sword away." And he went up to the soldier and healed his ear. Amen. I didn't. I didn't think anybody was going to get that one. Oh, me of little faith. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so uh, walk the water, that's found in Matthew chapter 14, amen. Denial of Jesus Christ three times, what uh, Liz said, found in Matthew chapter 26, verse 69 and 75. Draws his sword and cuts the ear off of the high priest's servant, found in John 18, verse 10. And then one last thing. Something happened to Peter. That didn't happen to any other disciple. And it was with Jesus. What did Jesus do with Peter that he didn't do with any other disciple? What was his previous name? Simon. What did Jesus change it to? Which is translated to, what is it, nice and loud? Rock. Rock. Amen. There you go. Amen. Yeah, there we go. I hope you're taking notes, somebody. Somebody. Body. Amen. All right, now let's continue reading then. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who, are, uh, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious stars, Verse two: grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Making one's calling and election sure It's very important. Verse 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. You guys catch that? Verse 4, through these he has given us his very great and what? Precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. And, and what? And, it, and what? From the darkness? When everything is pitch black around you? What do you do? What do you do when you see the light? What do you do? You... The corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self control, and to self control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Hallelujah. Woo! My message is done. I'm done, guys. Let's just keep on worshiping the Lord. (laughs) Woo! Come on. Can you go up, sister, really quick? Because I want to read that really quick again. For every reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Goodness. When you get saved, you begin to want to do good, right? You begin to want to be a Christian, right? And when you begin to be good, you begin to go to church, you begin to grab knowledge because you're beginning to study the word of the lord right you get knowledge of the word and through the knowledge of the word and through the commands of christ you begin to have self-control because you begin to understand the commandments of what it really means to be a christian and through self-control you grow perseverance because through the self-control you learn to say no and you learn to say yes to jesus and through perseverance, you get godliness because through that perseverance of saying no and being self-controlled, you begin to form this godliness or this righteousness inside you as the temple dwells inside you of the Holy Spirit and to godliness, brotherly kindness because then you begin to love and you begin to see the lost and you begin to go out and, and care for your brothers. Woo! And through brotherly kindness, Is what? Love. You begin to love one another. When you you see a Christian, when you're evangelizing, you say, Brother, do you know what it means to be born again? Woo! Brother, it means to be sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm like, woo! Brother, you are saved? Yes, I am. Then, brother, amen, hallelujah, I love you in a brotherly kind of way. Amen? Don't you get excited when you see other Christians? Don't you get happy? Whoa, man, we're not the only ones, man. Oh. Hallelujah. Woo. For if you possess these qualities, in increasing measure, it, it, in what kind of measure? Increasing. In what kind of measure? Increasing. increasing measure, meaning you can't stay still. Meaning you can't just, are you, you girls okay? <laughs> Do I need to separate you two seriously? You okay? Amen. I'm all for Holy Ghost giggles, but come on. This is the message now. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being what? From being what? Oh, man, is anybody reading with me today? <laughs> time out? Do I need to take a time out? Do I, can you make that fart noise for me? That, that's a brain fart. You don't want that here. Okay, no brain farts here. You keep on reading. All right? So make that noise one more time for me, brother. Not allowed. No brain farts. Amen? Somebody bring out the lifestyle because it's starting to stink up in here. Okay? For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you continue to be fruitful and you continue to grow in knowledge, you continue to grow in self-control, you continue to grow in your perseverance, in your godliness, and your brotherly kindness, and in your love for the lost and for each other, you, my friend, will be productive. You will be effective for the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. But if anyone does not have them, he is what? He is what? And what? Woo, calm down, Peter. Man, Peter is harsh. Peter is in your face, man. He said if he, if anyone does not have these things, is not productive, he is nearsighted and blind. You're useless. Can a blind person walk by himself and get to where he needs to go? No, he needs somebody to guide them. He's ineffective, unproductive. Don't be blind. You need to be effective, you need to be productive, you need to continue growing those fruit, bearing that fruit. John chapter 15, the analogy of the vine. I I mentioned this in class today. What does Jesus do to branches who we are? We are all branches as believers. We are branches off of a tree. And when you see a tree, it's supposed to have what? Green stuff, leaves, apples, oranges, right? But when you don't see fruit on it, that means it's what? Bad, it's dying, it's dead. So what does a good gardener do? He cuts it off. Because in, 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 in reality, if that branch is not bearing fruit, it's either two things. It's either dead or dying. And if it's dying, it has a disease. And if it has a disease, it will spread to the other branches and kill the other branches. Therefore, a good gardener will go ahead and cut it off and throw it away. But Jesus goes on further to describe that branch, and he just doesn't throw it away. He throws it into the fire to burn and wither and die. Don't be a dead branch. Verse 10, Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. Hallelujah. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I haven't even gotten to the message, by the way. Woo! Peter, calm down. That's a bad man pajama right there. Calling people blind and nearsighted. Man, don't get mad at me when I tell you to write me a paper. I'll say they'll call you blind and nearsighted. No, I won't. I'm too nice. At times. Amen. All right, let's continue reading. Prophecy of Scripture. So, I will always remind you, of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you know you now have, which is the word of God, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. Amen? So he's saying as an apostle, as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, you know what, it's my duty to go ahead and remind you constantly on what you're living for. It is my duty, it is my job as your leader, as your shepherd, to not allow you to forget why you are here today. Why you are shedding your tears. Why you are crying out to the lost. Why we put our blood, sweat, and tears to what we do here. Can I get an amen? amen? I know I'm not the only one. I'm doing this for a cause. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. Because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Hmm. Oops, dropped my message. There we go. This is where I'm at. Because I know that I will soon put aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. What does he mean by that? This is a reference that Peter's most likely talking about uh, referring to how Jesus revealed the type of death that Peter would have to quote-unquote glorify God. And that's mentioned in John chapter 21, verse 18 to 19. Why don't you turn there for me? Let's read that together. John chapter 21, verses 18 to 19. John chapter 21, 18. Let me get an Amen with you there. Amen. Keep on going down. There you go. Verse 18. Down. There we go. Jesus said. Feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourselves and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will you will stretch out your hand, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate. So he was prophesying, indicating the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said. To Peter, come on, follow me. Amen. So he said, he's like, he's warning him already. He's like, look, you're gonna die as a martyr. It was pretty much simple. It's pretty, pretty much simple. I'm pretty sure that Peter understood it when he said that. And what did Jesus said? So let's just put it in English. What if I were to say to you, hey, you're gonna come with me. You're gonna die as a martyr, and you're most likely gonna suffer, but it's gonna glorify God. Come on, let's go. Come on. Let's go, hold my hand. I mean, how many of you guys look at me like, you are out of your mind. But Peter had enough faith in him. And he loved God so much that he followed him. Amen. Verse 15. Back to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 15. And I will make every effort to see that after my depart- uh, departure, you will always... To remember these things so backtrack a little bit I think it's right verse 13 I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I have as long as I live in the tent of this body and verse 15 I will make every effort to see that uh, after my departure after my death you will always be able to remember these things so after even after I'm dead I'm gonna tell you these things so much that you will memorize it and that you will We'll spread it out. Amen. Verse 16, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We were eyewitnesses. We were there. We saw it. Verse 17, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Come on, I want to hear that. See, this refers right here, when, when Peter's saying this, he's referring, this is a reference to when John the Baptist baptized who? Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Matthew, chapter 3, verse 17. Let me get an amen while you're there. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Amen. And the, and the title of that was the baptism of Jesus. Who baptized him again? Nice and loud. John the Baptist. Verse 18 of First uh, Peter, or 2 Peter. Come on, we're working the word today. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. So he's, he's, he already, he already uh, quoted one, two eyewitness accounts. And he's quoting his third one right here. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Let's go to your Bibles. Matthew chapter 17. Verses 1 to 3. Matthew chapter 17. Verses 1 to 3. Verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him. Who did he take with him? Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. It shined like the sun, really bright. And his clothes became as white as light. Verse 3, just then, There appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Woo! Come on, somebody. Brother. Let's go to verse 5. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. What did he say? Listen to him. Come on, somebody. See, Peter was an eyewitness of both events that the voice of God was loudly heard. The first time that the Lord's voice was heard in the New Testament was when uh, Jesus was baptized. And the second time was when only three people, Jesus selected three people. Who were they? Peter, James, John. Amen? Amen? Heard it loud and clear. Can you imagine hearing that? Come on. Eyewitnesses. You see, all these books were written within the lifetime of Jesus' death. I think the latest, of uh, the, uh, the book, uh, one of the books was written, probably maybe the book of Hebrews, was written 70 years or so after the death of Jesus. And there were still eyewitnesses alive at that time. So the credibility of, of the scriptures is true and it's there. You guys ever heard of the lost books of the Bible? You guys ever heard that before? Lost books of the Bible. A lot of them, a good majority of them are forgery. Like the, the book of Philip or the, the book of Thomas. Those things were written about 200 years after the death of Jesus. How in the world? First of all, I mean, was Thomas or Philip alive by then? No, most likely not. So that means they're a forgery. And even if they just entitled it the book of Philip or just the book of uh, Thomas, they wanted to give him credit somehow because it was maybe off of their journal or something like that. It's not accredited because it wasn't God-inspired. There's a lot of good books. Like we were reading yesterday, uh, Jared has a Catholic Bible, and it has uh, one of the books was The Wisdom of Solomon. Solomon was a wise guy, amen? (laughs) A wise man, right? So he was wise. He was very smart. So that book, it offers good advice. It's good stuff, just like Pastor Joe would give good advice. Just like you look to me to give you good advice, right? A godly advice. But does that mean my words or Pastor Joe's words are going to be in the Bible now? No, right? That's not accredited into the Bible because it's not God inspired. It's off of his own wisdom, the wisdom of Solomon. It wasn't God inspired. You guys have a better... That's just off the record. That's not even part of my message. I just want to throw that in there. Amen? Is that okay with you guys? So a lot of the books that, that are supposedly lost out there are books either forged, trying to trying to uh, put little things there, which created heresy, which created uh, different beliefs that we have today, like the Trinity not existing as as one God but as three separate gods, or the resurrection not um, uh, actually happening that Jesus didn't really rise in the third day that he died, he died but he still died for our sins like the Corinth church did and Paul had to write the Corinth church to correct them see things like that were happening people would do those because they know they couldn't win but we saw right through that amen so the Bible that as we have it today is God inspired and God breathed in every way this is Best is gonna get. The only versions we're gonna get is probably to make it a little bit easier to read somehow, but it, it's not gonna change anything around. The word of God is the word of God, no matter what version you're reading, unless it's before the King James version, then it just wasn't translated as properly as it, as it is today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Verse nineteen, and we have the word of the prophecies made more certain and you will do well to pay attention to that to it as to a light shining in a what in a dark place you guys will be there we're back on the uh, second um, second Peter chapter one we're on verse 19 going on to 20 but I want to read this as a light shining in a dark place until the day of dawn, and the morning star rises in your hearts. Amen? Verse 20, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. So it wasn't their flesh, it wasn't their own understanding. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men's. Spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Paul confirms, and that this is pretty much my message. That that part, that section, right there. Paul confirms in his letter to Timothy. He writes a letter to Timothy, and uh, let's go to Timothy. You don't have to go there actually. Timothy chapter three, uh, three verse sixteen. Paul says that all Scripture, all Scripture is God-breathed. So the breath of God. Repeat after me. Say, Theos. Who knows what Theos means? God. In what language? Greek. Theos means God in Greek. Now say, Peniel. Who knows what Peniel means? No. It means to breathe breathe, right? So, Theos Peniel. Say, Theos Peniel. God breathe. So the scripture is God breathe. Amen? Amen. Now I'm just going to give you a list and I have a big list of prophecies that are fulfilled. Wow! We lost tra- I lost track of time. I'm going to go through these really quick. I got carried away by the word of God. Well, I'm sorry, guys. Can you guys forgive me? Amen. Is that okay? Can I just mention a few prophecies? Just a little bit. Is that okay? Yes. Yes. Amen. I love you guys. I knew I was your pastor for a reason. Amen. Prophecies fulfilled. Approximately 2,500 prophecies appear in the pages of the Bible. About 2,000 of which already have been fulfilled to the letter. So 2,500 of them, 2,500, and 2,000 of them have been fulfilled. See, but not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people like to hear that. Not a lot of people like to believe that. But historically, they were fulfilled. No errors whatsoever by the T. The remaining 500 or so reach into the future and may may be seen unfolding as days go on. be seeing them as days go on. Approximately uh, 700 B.C., the prophet Micah named the tiny village, Where did G, what, what village was Jesus born in? Bethlehem. Named the tiny village of Bethlehem as the birthplace of Israel's Messiah. And that's found in Micah uh, chapter 5 verse 2. The fulfillment of this prophecy and the birth of Christ is one of the most widely known and widely celebrated facts in history. So that's well known. Excuse me. In the 5th century B.C., a prophet named Zechariah declared that the Messiah, who is Jesus Christ, would be betrayed by the price of a slave. Who betrayed him? Judas. Thirty pieces of silver according to uh, Jewish law and also that this money would be used to buy a burial ground for Jerusalem's poor foreigners. This is found in Zechariah chapter 11, verse 12 to 13. The Bible, uh, Bible writers and, and secular historians, secular the people that are in the world, secular historians both record 30 pieces of silver as a sum paid to Judas for b- betraying Jesus and they indicate that the money was to purchase a potter's field used just as predicted for burial of poor aliens, people, non-resident aliens. Amen. Now, Zechariah chapter 11, verse 13, I told them, this is God speaking, if you think it best, give me my pay, but uh, if not, keep it. So they paid me 30 pieces of silver. There's a prophecy in Zechariah. And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter and the, the handsome price at which they uh, priced me. So I looked, so I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. Now we go to Matthew chapter 27, verse 3 to 10. You guys don't have to turn there with me. It says, When Judas, who had betrayed him, Saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of coins. He returned it to the chief priest and the elders. I have sinned, he said. I have betrayed innocent blood. What is it? What is it to us? They replied, the chief priest. That's your responsibility, they said to him. What is it to us? It's your responsibility. You paid that price. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then uh, he went away and hung himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. Bam, right there. Fulfilled. And that's historically correct. Amen. I have just a couple more to the good ones. You know what? This is a good one. It's a long one, but it's a good one. Amen? Let's see. There you go. The prophet Moses foretold that the ancient Jewish nation would be conquered twice, and the people would be carried off as slaves each time. So the Jewish people would be carried off as slaves twice. First by the Babylonians. Who knows what the Babylonians are? Their ancient uh, civilization, they they were like the top notch, man. They conquered everything. They, They owned much land. They were a strong nation. So first the Babylonians for a period of 70 years, and then by a fourth world kingdom, which we know today as Rome, the second conqueror, Moses said, would take the Jews captive to Egypt in ships, selling them or giving them away as slaves to all parts of the world. Both of these predictions were fulfilled to the letter, the first in 607 B.C. and the second in 70 A.D. God's spokesman said further that the Jews would remain scattered throughout the entire world for many generations but without becoming... um, but without becoming deleted by the people or other nations, and the Jews would one day return to the land of Palestine and reestablish for a second time their nation. So this prophecy originally, Deuteronomy chapter 29, but also in Isaiah uh, chapter 11, verse 11 to 13, and Jeremiah chapter 25, 11, Hosea chapter 3, uh, 3 verses three to uh, 4 to 5, and Luke chapter 21 verse 23 to 24 so it was moses and it was also isaiah and it was also jeremiah